Well, good morning, Grace Hills. Glad you're here today. It's going to be a fun day. Hey, I want to talk to you for a few minutes, and I'll just tell you, one of the things that we believe here as a church, one of the big callings for Grace Hills is that we want to be a church that equips you, uh, equips you to, to lead in your life and in your job and in your marriage and in every part of your life. And so that's a big part of what we want to do. And so I want to talk in that vein today. And what I want to talk to you about today is this, is when you want to do the right things, I mean, you know, when you want to do the right things, but it, it seems like you just keep hitting a wall in life. And there's the things that you want to do, the things that you want to be, the right ways that you want to live, but you feel like you just keep hitting the wall. And, and you want to be the right kind of spouse, and you want to overcome maybe a sin in your life, and you don't want to continually be drugged into like worry and depression. You want to stop living in shame, and you like want these things, but yet it feels like, how many of you know that how, how much ever your heart is in the right place, and you know the right things that you're actually aren't what you want them to be. Anybody ever experienced that? I want to talk about this because I think so many of us, we feel like we are in a battle that we cannot win. And, and we feel like we just keep hitting this wall and you, you know that God saved you. You know that God loves you and, and you understand these things like, like you've given your life to God and you want to follow him, but you still want to get better right? You still want to heal. You still want to begin to see transformation in your life, but it keeps like feeling like you're just hitting the wall over and over. And what I, when, I, when I talk to people as a pastor, this is something that, that we deal with. And so let me say this. If you feel like you are hitting a wall over and over, one thing is I think the enemy comes, constantly tries to convince us, right, that we're the only one who struggles with these things, that we're the only one who's doing these things, that we're the only one who has a hard time. And let me just say, when I talk to people, man, so many of us are struggling with that. So this isn't just a you thing. This is a humanity thing. But what I want to uh, uh, talk about today is how to begin to find freedom from that. Because when you're in this mentality where you feel like you're hitting the wall, here's what happens. Is it leads you sometimes to a place of hopelessness where we don't want to be where, where you feel like there's just no way I could ever get out of it. And even worse, where it ends up leading you to is a place of coping where it's like, well, I'm always going to be stuck here. I'm always going to be in this sin. I'm always going to have this mindset. I'm always going to be this way. And so I'm just going to figure out how to cope with this sin and my life. And how many of you know you cannot cope with sin? right? It destroys your life. We think we can have these little pet things on the side that we can just hold down and keep them in place, but I will tell you that they will cause so much destruction in your life, and that's not who God's called you to be. God has so much better for you. So what I want to talk to you about and what I want you to know today is this, is that God wants you to have freedom and victory in your life, not just cope. Amen? And even better news, here's what I would even tell you is this, is that there is a practical way to get there. When we're talking about when we want to be a church that equips you, I want to help you see the practical ways that God has laid out. Because, and I'll just be honest, sometimes in churches, we get really good about like big blanket statements sometimes where we'll say, you know, you pray about these things and, and read about well, Those are good. I'm telling you to do that. But how many know if you're walking through something, somebody just saying, well, well, just go pray about it. Like, I need some practical tools. I need some help. Like, help me figure this out. Like, just read your Bible. Well, what part? Like, how do I do this? And so today, here's what we want to do is we want to help you understand some practical ways to begin to find freedom and healing in your life. And I think that so many of us are either never taught or never used the tools that God gave us. So we end up feeling like we're hitting a wall 
when in reality, we're just not using the right tools. Let me say it this way. You're not broken and you're not messed up and you're not enabled. If you know Jesus, here's, here's what I want you to understand. When you, when you come to Jesus, the Bible talks about how he has given you freedom over sin, that he has freed you from that. But then we begin to use the tools that he's given us to begin to walk in that freedom. And so if you come to him, you have been freed and you can begin to walk into that. And so I wanna help you understand the pathway that God has given us to freedom in your life and how you can easily and practically walk it out. And so, so to start, here's what I wanna, I wanna tell you that I think there is a piece of the puzzle in finding freedom that we're missing. And I think that's what's holding us back. And, and here's how we think our actions show up in our lives. We think about it this way. We think that my heart, right, begins to determine my actions. So I believe something and I believe it and it's in my heart. And so then it begins to show up in my actions. And we think that's the way that it happens. But that's not quite true because when you see it this way, here's what actually happens is, is your heart, you may believe something. But how many know that sometimes you can believe something in your heart, but then it gets a little jumbled in your mind? And then your mind begins to flow into your actions. What we find in scripture is that my heart may have a belief and I may believe something, but my mind determines my actions. Paul talks about this. He's talking to Christians at one point and he says this in Romans 12 too. He says this, he's, remember this, he's talking to Christians and he says, do not conform to the patterns of this world. He's saying, you've given your life to Jesus, but yet now you got this moment where he's saying, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. But he says this, but be transformed. Everybody say transformed. How do you do it? He says, by the renewing of your mind. Your heart may be in the right place, but then you got to begin to renew your mind for it to begin to flow into your actions. Biblical word for repentance, right? We understand that repentance is turning from sin. That's the way we've taught it a lot. But the real word for repentance is this Greek word metanoia. Everybody say metanoia. You learned Greek today, you're on a roll. But here's what that word means, is it literally means this, to change your thinking. If you're going to repent from sin, if you're going to begin to walk out of it, it means that you want to change your actions. It means that you literally begin to change your actions. So here's the thing. If there's a disconnect between my heart and my actions, it's because my mind is not aligned with my heart yet. You catch that? If, a, if there's a disconnect, pop that one that we were just at a while ago back up here. Um, pop that one back up here, right? And so if my heart is in the right place and I believe the right thing, but my actions aren't showing up right, here's the reason why. It's because my heart and my mind aren't yet aligned yet. And that's the place that so many of us are. Like, I believe this. Like, I want to grow. I want to, I believe that Jesus died for me. I believe that he's, what he's called me to be as a husband or as a spouse or what kind of uh, person he's called me to be. And so I believe it, but yet it's not showing up in my actions. And it's because it's getting mangled in my mind. And so what I want to help you with today is to tell you that there is a piece of the puzzle that we're missing. And it's the pathway to get your mind aligned to your belief. And that path is this. And I want to pop this next one up here. It's this. It's your words. Your words. Your heart begins to determine your words and your words begin to direct your mind. The words that you have, that you say, have power to shape your mind. Now, beyond the Bible, we'll get into the Bible here in just a second. So like, we'll dig into this. But just general knowledge, like we know this, 
Like we understand this. You think about like the person that's standing in the mirror and when they've got like a, a disconnect in like what they believe about themselves and so they begin to hype themselves up in the mirror. Anybody see that, right? And they're just telling themselves like, I am this and I'm, and they're like hyping yourself up. What is it? It's using your words to direct your mind to get you right. Right? And you think about it. I love the videos of a parent that's driving like a kid to school and they have like a confession that they begin to tell the kids to say, like, I'm going to be a leader today. I'm going to be a leader today. I'm not going to follow. I'm not going to follow. Like, my mind is alert. My mind, you know, like they say all these things. Why? Because you know, like intuitively, we know that the words that you say begin to direct your mind. I would say it this way that when you speak, when the words that you say begin to commandeer your mind, right? You can't say things without directing your mind, right? If, if your mind is off, you begin to say things and it begins to direct your mind. And what I would show you today is that the Bible teaches us this, is that your mouth is how you get what is in your heart to begin to transform your mind so you can begin to be the person that God says you can be. It's what's in your heart when you begin to speak what's in your heart that it begins to shape your mind and it begins to lead you to who God says you can be. In other words, the words that you say have the power to break through the wall that you feel like you keep running into. Let me read you this. James 3, 2 talks about this. And he says this. He says, we all stumble in many ways. Now check this out. This is kind of interesting. He says, anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect able to keep their whole body in check. He's saying, look, if you can get your mind right, you can get your actions right. Is that interesting? And then he, then he goes on, he explains it. And verse three, he says this, he says, he goes on, he says, when we, we put this, or we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us. And he says, we can turn the whole animal. He says, when you got a horse, you put a bit in it and you can steer it with this one bit in its mouth. And then he goes on in verse four and he says this, he gives us another example. He said, or take ships as an example. He says, although they are large and driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. He's saying that this one rudder begins to steer the whole ship. And then he goes on and he begins to apply this to our lives. And he says this in verse five. He says, likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boast." Here's what he's saying is this, is that it may be small, but it makes a huge impact because it is the rudder of your life, right? I'd say it this way, by choosing the words that you say, you can guide that which you cannot control. See, we think my, my mind, I, I can't control my mind. My mind is an animal of its own. I don't know what's coming in, what's going out. Like, like it just, it drives me wherever. But it's the words that you say that begin to guide your mind and they are the rudders of your life. That's why Proverbs says it this way, Proverbs 18, 21. I love it. It says it this way. It says, the tongue has the power of life and death. Now notice this. And then he says, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Now, what's interesting is this, is he says, you will reap the, the fruit of your words. Like, it's not like maybe sometimes you might reap the fruit. Of, he says, no, you will reap the fruit of your words. Now, it's your choice, though, whether they are life or whether they are death. Are your words life-giving or are they destructive? And here's the reality check for us is this, is that your words have a massive impact on your life. And the question for you today is this, are you using them well? Are you using them well? I think for most of us, the reality is this, is that we aren't using our words at all. They just happen. 
Anybody there? You just you just say whatever whatever you think. You don't you're not you're not using your words in a strategic way to get you to where you want to be. And so the rudder of our lives are not being used intentionally. And then we wonder why we don't get where we want to be. It's because we're not using the way that God gave us to direct our lives. It's like driving a car. Think about it. if you hopped in a car and you just uh, put your hands underneath your bottom and you just pushed on the gas. How I many you know you're gonna go for a little while and then what's gonna happen? You're gonna hit a wall and you're gonna crash and burn and probably blow up and it's gonna be a bad deal, right? Like it's not gonna be good. But some of us, that's the way we live our lives. We don't, we're not steering anything. We just get in and push the gas and go and then we're surprised when we crash and burn, right? We gotta begin to steer our lives. We, we feel like we're hitting a wall because here's the deal. We're not using the tools that God gave us. And I think the reality is this, is that so many of us have no clue how to use our words to transform our lives. You may, you may agree with all of this that we've said today. And you may say, yeah, I know this. Like we intuitively know this, but I don't know how to do it. And, and so we're at this place where we're living stuck where we don't wanna be because we don't know how to use our words to get the transformation God says we can have. So real practically here for a few minutes, I wanna show you a couple ways the Bible shows us to harness the power of our words so that way we can see transformation in my life. And my, my hope for you is this, genuinely, this is our hope, is that you can stop feeling like you're hitting a wall because I know how that feels and I know how destructive and like how it just like weighs on you when you feel like I want to grow and I want to go and I want to overcome these things, but I feel like I keep hitting the wall and it's hard and I want to help you today find the way to begin to get through. Amen. So here's a couple ways. Number one is this. I want you to understand is that your words are the pathway to freedom over temptation. Your words are the pathway to freedom over temptation. How I mean, you know when you get saved, um, Sin doesn't just disappear. <laughs> like it doesn't all of a sudden just go and temptation or habits, they don't typically just all of a sudden just disappear. And then it's like, oh, wow, I'm not even tempted by this. There are some miraculous occasions where God just really works in people's lives and that have. But I will tell you, 90% of the time you come to Jesus and you are saved and you are freed from the power of sin. But that temptation's still there. And it's still hard. And, and you come to this point where you got to choose, do I, do I want to walk in the life that God has called me, the goodness of God in my life? Or, or, or am I going to be stuck in these destructive behaviors? And let me just say this. Uh, this isn't in my notes, but I just want to encourage some of you in here today and just remind you that God's commands in your life are not there to ruin your fun, but they are there to protect you and to save you and to call you into the good life that God has for you. Sometimes we got this mentality that God's rules and God's directions and God's instructions are there to kind of pin me in, but they're not there to pin you in. They're there to put a fence on the edge of a cliff so you don't run off and destroy your life. Amen? And so we, when we look at this, it's like, I don't want to hit the wall. Like, I don't want to keep walking into these destructive things that are going to destroy my life. But here's what I want to do is I want to begin to grow. I want to begin to be all that God has called me to be and walk into his goodness and when we, we come to Jesus and we give our lives to him, but yet we're still walking here, here's what it is. This is when our heart has changed, but our mind hasn't caught up yet. Our, our heart has changed, but my mind hasn't quite caught up with you. You love Jesus. You want to follow him. You know his ways are good for you, but you have years of habits and mindsets that are still running rampant in your life and causing destruction in your life and in your emotions and in your marriage. We want to begin to get out of that. 
I was talking to someone the other day and um, they had just come to Jesus and they were just like literally surprised when they felt temptation again. <laughs> They're like, what is this? And I was like, this is, this is, the, this is the way that you begin. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't just disappear, but we got to begin to walk it out. And for some of you, like I said before, I think you, you feel hopeless. And you got into a place where you don't know how to overcome the temptation, and so you're coping with it. And here's what I want you to grasp, and it's this, is this, is that the way to overcome temptation in your life is to speak God's truth so your mind becomes aligned to God's best for you. Right? It's my, my heart and my mind. My mind determines my actions, right? Well, if I want to get my heart, mind aligned to my heart, it's with the words that I say. What do I mean by that? Well, when you are tempted by greed and it is leading you to a place to be unethical at your job, and you know that you can get away with it, and you know that you can do it, but you know it's wrong, and you're sitting there, and you know how it's going to begin to tear apart your mind, and it's starting you on a road that's going to be very dark. How do you overcome that temptation? What? You begin to remind yourself that God is my provider, not this job, that I know that he's going to provide for me. I don't have to shortcut, and I don't have to cheat, and I don't have to do these things, but I can follow what God says. And as you begin to say those words, literally say those words with your heart, or with your mouth, begins to align your mind. When you are tempted by unforgiveness and there is just some, some situations in your life that you are just done with and that you are tempted just to walk in unforgiveness and you know that it's gonna cause bitterness and cause destruction in your life, how do you begin to overcome that temptation? Well, you begin to speak God's truth over it. You begin to remind yourself of how much God forgave you and how much you can forgive somebody else. You can remind yourself that what they did to you may not be right, but God is the one who will cause justice to come into that, not you. And you don't have to carry the weight of justice, that God is more than capable of doing that. And as you begin to say those words with your mouth, it begins to align your mind and begins to shape your actions. That's the same way that Jesus dealt with temptation. Jesus did the same thing. Jesus was tempted. He went into this desert, was tempted. And an interesting thing, he was tempted three times. And every single time that the devil came to tempt Jesus, you know what he did? He spoke God's truth over the situation. Let me show you these three times. Matthew 4, 4, Jesus was tempted the first time. And it says, but Jesus told Jesus spoke. Jesus told the devil, no, Scripture says. So the enemies come, try to tempt Jesus into something. He says, no, that's not God's best for me. That's not what God has for me. No, that's not it. And he begins to speak it and say, no, what Scripture says is that God's best for me is this. Check this out. Next time he was tempted, a couple of verses later, Matthew 4, 7, exactly what he does. He says, Jesus responded. And then he spoke again. And he says, the Scriptures also say, Right? He literally spoke with his mouth. Matthew 4.10, the third time Jesus is tempted. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. I like that. Some of y'all need to tell him, get out of here, Satan. And he says, for the scriptures say. What did he do every single time? He began to speak God's truth over his life. See, in temptation, here's what Jesus does. Is he does two things. He has an action. What is it? That he, Jesus speaks. And then the content is that he speaks God's truth. See, the way to change wrong mentalities is to speak truth and it will begin to guide your mind, right? I'd say it this way. I was thinking about it yesterday and I was thinking about how 
you're essentially reminding yourself of what, what God has said in your life. We're reminding yourself of who God says you are, reminding yourself of what God has for you in your life. And I was thinking about it, how even the, the composition of that word is interesting, that as you remind yourself of what God has said, it almost reminds you. It like changes and transforms your mind. And it was helpful to me to even think of this, that I'm reminding myself of what God has said, and it begins to do it. So practically, what does that look like? Well, here's what I would tell you. You still may be like, well, that's great. Jesus knows all this. What do I do? Well, here's what I would tell you is this, is you know what you deal with, right? I don't got to be up here and tell you what, what sin you're struggling with, what temptation is in your life. I'm not the one who's got to tell you, you know, right now, Holy Spirit's working in your heart and highlighting that to your life. You know what it is. And here's what I would tell you to do is figure out what God says about it or get somebody else who can help you find out what God says about it and then be ready when temptation comes. When it comes into your life, you have words that you're ready to say to redirect your mind into what God has for you versus what you have for yourself. That's what you got to do. When you're, I'd say it this way, when your mind gets out of alignment, you begin to have the stuff ready to speak it back into alignment with your heart. Amen? I'll tell you this, I've dealt with um, a lot of guys who have struggled with pornography. And I'll just say this, some of y'all may say, why do we talk about that at church sometimes? And I'll just tell you, statistics say that the majority of Americans right now are dealing with that. And it is one of the most prevalent things becoming more prevalent. And so if we don't talk about it at the church, then I think we're doing a disservice. So we're talking about it. But I've dealt with a lot of guys who have dealt with that at times. And here's what I, here's what I tell them over and over and over to say, you've got to be ready for when temptation comes to stand up to the temptation. Because if you say, oh, well, I'll just figure out when it comes, you're going to lose. Like that's the reality of it. But I tell them, I say, here's some verses. Let's, let's read these verses. Let's think about what you're going to say with your mouth when it comes so that way you can begin to redirect your mind from temptation into what God has for you. And I'm going to tell you, when they will do that, that is the pathway that gets them out of the place of hitting the wall over and over and over and defining freedom in their lives. And I want to tell you this, and I, I just say this, this may be a little teachy this morning, but I just say this because I love you and I care about you so much. And I'm so tired of seeing people and the enemy just destroying lives because we feel like we're hitting a wall and like we can't overcome. And I want to tell you that the way to do it is by having some verses and some ways that you can speak God's truth over your life so you can begin to change. Amen. When your mind gets out of alignment, you speak it back into alignment. You may feel like you can't control your mind, way you do it is with your mouth. Amen. Second thing I would tell you this, that your words can do is this, is that your words are the pathway to freedom from destructive mindsets. Your words are the pathway to freedom from destructive mindsets. This is different from temptation. Um, for a lot of you, the core issue that you face is that you believe who God says you are. Like in your heart, you have a belief God's changed your heart but you don't think it in your mind yet, right? You're at this place where you know that God says that you are forgiven and you believe that and you know that he says that about your life, but yet you are still living your life in shame and your mind is still in shame. And so it's beginning to direct your actions. You feel like, like you know in your heart that God says that you have a purpose, 
and that he created you on purpose for a purpose. And you believe that, we'll say that here. You believe it, but yet you still in your mind feel like you're useless and that God can never do anything with you and that maybe some people told you in your life that you were useless and that there was nothing that you were good for and that there was nothing you could do. And so you've still got this working in your mind. You believe it in your heart, but yet your mind is still in the wrong place. You may believe in your heart that God says you can be a good spouse and that you can begin to do this, but in your mind, when you're in situations, all you do is remember the failures and the mistakes that you've made and everything that you've been and the the failures that you've had. You may feel in your heart like, I know that I can make a difference and there's something I can do. But in your mind, all you ever do and all you can ever, that you can meditate on is the the faults and the enemy. Every time that God tries to push you into something good, your mind just begins to come back with every fault that you've ever had. For a lot of you, you keep hitting a wall because you believe what the enemy says about you. In your mind, you, it, it's working in your mind. Or frankly, I'll tell you this way. What's dominating in your mind isn't even what the enemy specifically has said about you, but it's about what people have said about you. There's so many things that we have heard and picked up over time, or even I'll even say it a little more. Maybe you believe what God says about you in your heart, but in your mind, you're, you may be one of these people, and I would say I'm even one of these at times, where it, so self-deprecating that I begin to believe the, the, the way that I beat myself up in my mind more than I believe who God says I am. Anybody else ever been there? Yeah. And we get into this thing where our minds determine our actions. And so what we, believe, what we actually think about in our minds aren't what who God says we are at all. But it begins to drive us into this wall where we never really walk into all the goodness that God has for us. You keep hitting the wall because that, and your actions are being driven by what the enemy says more than what God says. So you, what you need to do, what are you doing that? What, you use your mouth to get your mind aligned to who God says you are, amen? What does that look like? Well, when the enemy tries to remind you of your failures, what do you do? You remind him of who God says you are. When the enemy tries to come and say, you're never gonna be this because that, you say, no, I know that God says that I am forgiven from this, that I have freedom, that he has a purpose for my life, right? One of the things that I I dealt with for years was um, I believed that God had a purpose for my life, but I also like really doubted myself and like wondered like, can I ever actually walk into all that God has for me? And there'd be these moments where I would just beat myself up and think like, "I'm, I'm not good at this. I'm worthless at this. I'm all these things. And I'd have this like cyclical thing just go in my mind and just feel like I, I would work my, I'd get pumped up from what I thought God said I was. And then I'd work myself down with what my mind says that I was. Anybody ever been there? And I finally had to get to a place that when I would begin to get on that cycle, that I'd have words that I would use. And when my mind would try to take over, I would say, no, God says that he has a purpose for me. That he has something and I don't have to figure it out. I don't got to get all these things. It's not dependent upon me, but it's dependent on who God says I am. And I just begin to say these words. And it's amazing what happens in your mind as you begin to speak and commandeer your mind into who God says you are. Amen. When you begin to feel those things about what somebody says about you, it begins to weigh heavy on you. Replace what somebody else has said about you with what God says about you. Amen? When you get your mind aligned with who God says you are, it'll begin to show up in the way that you live your life. I remember several years ago, I knew this guy who was, um, 
who was very, he came to church and he was super timid, um, never felt like he was worth much and he would kind of be in the corner. Honestly, like he was kind of like a, kind of like a wild animal. Like he was more scared of us than we were of him. And like, he'd kind of hide in the corner and feel like we kind of got to pull him out sometimes. And, uh, and I remember he was always that way at church and he had just come and, and he had been saved. But I remember there was a moment, I talked to him later because there was this moment that like really began to shift in him to where I, I saw the confidence. Uh, and I would even say like the God given confidence begin to change in his life and like where he was like beginning to change. And so I talked to him one day, and I was like, man, seems like you caught like a new wind. Like what's going on? And he, he began to tell me about like the words that he was saying over his life. And when the enemy would come, basically the sermon is what he said it began to do. And it began to change him. And we began to talk right now, this guy is serving full-time ministry, speaking, like doing all of these things. And the shift in his life came when he began to stop believing what people said about him, what the enemy said about him, what he said about himself and began to believe what God said about him. And it's powerful. And you may have it here. How do you get it here? that you remind yourself of the words. Bible says it this way. There's a scripture that's talking about preaching and it says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, right? And I, I've said it before, I'll say this again, is that sometimes we're just at a place where you gotta preach to yourself. There's nobody in those moments in your life that is there for you when sometimes you're walking through those battles in your mind and yourself and you need faith in your life and there is nobody to preach God's truth to you. You need to be prepared to where you could say, I'm gonna believe and speak God's truth over my life and I'm gonna preach to myself. That's where we've gotta be. When that guy discovered who God says he was and it got into his mind, it changed his life. So if you wanna stop hitting the wall, here's what I would tell you today. Begin to speak words that will renew your mind. Proverbs 18, 21, I think it's so powerful. Once again, it says this. It says, the tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruit. My question for you today is this. Are you using your words to breathe life into yourself? Are you using your words? Are you even using your words? Are your words using you? Are you using them in your life? What are you doing? Now, before we end, here's, here's what I would tell you is this, and I'm just gonna be, I'm gonna be blunt with you. And I'm gonna say it this way. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna be blunt with you because I love you and I actually wanna see you grow and I wanna see you find freedom in your life. And uh, I'll say it this way. None of what we do, what we said today matters if you don't prepare and apply it to your life. When I talked before that I've dealt with people that have walked in addiction, there is the difference so many times between growth and overcoming and the, and the ones that stay stuck for a long time is the moment when they finally get serious and they say, I'm tired of where I am and I wanna grow and I wanna see God work in my life and I'm willing to do the things that will begin to see that happen in my life. And so if you feel like you're hitting a wall and you feel like you are coping and you feel like you are hopeless, here's what I would tell you. Man, prepare and apply. I'll say it this way, and I think this is helpful, that the words that you say will change your life if you will use them. If you will use them. You can come in here, hear this sermon, understand the power of words, walk out of this room, never use them. And this will not matter. And this will have just been a good Sunday where we went outside and jumped on the bouncy house and it was great. But I don't wanna see that for your life. I wanna see you grow beyond that. And here's the thing, you know the walls that you're hitting. I know the walls that I'm hitting in my life. You know the places where you haven't quite got there yet. 
get some help finding what God says about it and then begin to speak it over your life. Amen? And when you do, man, I genuinely believe that it'll begin to change your life. God freed you from sin with what he did on the cross. Now it's your opportunity to begin to walk in it, right? Paul says it this way. He says, where sin abounds, grace bounds much more. And then he says, but uh, he says, does that mean we should keep on sinning? He says, no, man, begin to walk in the freedom that God has for you. Man, there's, there's nowhere better than when you walk in the peace and the freedom and the fulfillment and the joy of the good life that God has for you. Amen. Hey, let me pray for you. God, we thank you today that you are good. God, uh, I thank you that you loved us so much that you sent your son to die for us so that way we could have freedom in you. And God, I just pray for you to help us begin to walk in this freedom. God, for the person in here that feels like they just keep hitting the wall over and over and over. God, I pray that you will pull in their heart with the Holy Spirit to lead them to a place of finding freedom. You'll put people in their lives to begin to help them in that. God, I pray that you just begin to work in us. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen.